Hello, friends. You're listening to Head Table Talk, a podcast all about the ins, outs, and in-betweens of the wedding industry. I'm Allie. And I'm Meredith. Now, join us at the head table. Hello. Hello. Um, how was your trip? Yes. Sorry that we were MIA last week. Um, the week before, I kind of described that I knew nothing about this trip. And I assumed on Monday that we would. Yeah, you were going to Denver. Is what you yeah, we were still going to be at the Airbnb so I could record from there. You didn't or... even go to Denver. I flew into Denver. So oh. I was under the assumption. I was like, okay, yeah, like Monday, like we'll have like some time to record because my flight didn't leave until like six o'clock that night. Well, lo and behold, we I knew we were going skiing on Thursday. And so mm-hmm. we wake up at like 5 a.m. because we flew into Denver. My sister lives in Denver. So we stayed there. Wake up at 5 a.m. to go drive to skiing. And we keep going like, if you're familiar with Denver at all, yeah. the mountains are in the west mm-hmm. of Denver. And we kept driving south, like along the mountains. I was like, where are we going? Are even ski places down here? So then like halfway through, she's like, okay, we're going skiing in Taos. I was like, where the frick is Taos I've never heard of the Taos ski resort look it up it's New Mexico I know it's like I didn't even know you could ski in New Mexico me either how far away is New Mexico from Denver so the place we went skiing was like five hours away but then our Airbnb was another like hour south of there that's crazy that you flew to Denver to go to New Mexico. Yeah, well, because my sister didn't want to fly anywhere. So she, oh. <laughs> she just wanted to go somewhere that was in driving distance of Denver. So yeah, we went skiing at Taos. It was freaking phenomenal. It was really cool. It's weird because like it's in a super, super valley and you don't see it until you're like literally right there. And then you can only see one thirtieth of the ski resort from like the non-skiing part so yeah it was a lot of fun we it was just like super chill um one of my bridesmaids came with and she knows how to ski but my sister and I are better quite good at skiing but it was still fun you know we did some some runs and then they had like this little like German pub at the bottom of of the mountain so like we would have a drink and then my sister and I were able to go do the double black diamond bowl so ugh. It was very intense. It that took us a long time. Yeah. It was so pretty and it was really fun. Yeah. And then we went to the Airbnb, which was in Abiquiu, New Mexico, middle of nowhere. Amazing. It was, it was really gorgeous, though. It's apparently where like Georgia O'Keeffe lived. Crazy. Yeah. So it was vagina paintings all over. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, <laughs> where are all the flowers with the vulvas in them? Right. <laughs> Um, uh, your pictures look incredible. Yeah, it was really cool because our Airbnb was on obviously like New Mexico's desert area, right? So, so you there's went not from a lot of water to desert, yeah. but we were luckily like on like one of the very few lakes, and so it was just super gorgeous. And there was it was kind of like canyony, but a lot of the things were still closed down. Like hiking yeah. was still closed down. Interesting. Yeah, but like. Luckily, we ran into like a local archaeologist who told us about like this hike that was like off the grid. 
And then like our Airbnb lady, like gave us a code to get into this other hiking spot. So we just got really lucky. That's so fun. Did you have the best time? Yeah, it was a good time. Um, Our Airbnb had a hot tub. So like we got to see a bunch of shooting stars at night. Oh, cool. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. The stars were beautiful. Yeah. You know how I feel about hot tubs. They make me feel like Oh, they make me feel like soup. Mm-hmm. But I could, I would stick my feet in a hot tub and look up at the stars. Yeah, it was That's really nice. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the Airbnb, all the floors were heated, which Ooh. was a luxury to me. Was it but cold there? It was. I just have the worst freaking luck, no matter where I travel. The last, like, three times I've been to Colorado, there's been a freak snowstorm, like, in mm-hmm. October and April. And then we go again, and there was another snowstorm in Denver, so it took us extra long to get to the ski place. And then when we get to New Mexico, it was unseasonably windy and chillier than usual, but right. still, it was fun. So was it just you three? Um, my sisters and my mom surprised me there. So Oh, awesome. They were in yeah. New Mexico? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they surprised us at the Airbnb. So oh. Well, they surprised me. Everyone else knew. But Did you cry? I was so tired from skiing and waking up at 5 a.m. I was just like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I did a cry, but it was fun. Yay. Well, I'm so happy for you. You were gone yeah. for so long. I haven't seen you in so long in person. I know. It was a, a long-ish trip because we left on Wednesday and got back Monday. So. Yeah, that's a nice long trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely missed my boys. Oh, yeah. And he had his mm-hmm. bachelor yep, party. He did where... his bachelor party this last go? weekend. They went to New Orleans, so oh, they wow. could do a lot of, like, outside stuff. So it, I won't dive weather... into much details for that, but they had a good time. Oh, good. The <laughs> weather here is getting so nice. I know. I'm so happy about it. I forget how much I love spring and then it gets here. I'm like, my mood just immediately gets so oh much my gosh. better. It like, seriously is day. so good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. We've been going on walks. We've been, I need to find my, um, what do you call the garden? Like snippers. Head shears. Shears. I don't know. Yeah. I need to trim my like rose bushes and stuff and like mm-hmm. get everything ready for spring now yeah. that it's all starting to green up a little bit. And we're supposed to get rain this week too, which I think will help with the brownness of everything. I hope so. Yeah. It's, yeah, my dad came over this weekend while Josh was gone and he helped me build like a little shelf because like our bathtub, there's like eight inches between the bathtub and the wall like where the pipes are Uh in the faucet and so I just like had this idea and to build just like a shelf there that goes around the piping so I could put like a plant and other stuff up there you and your plants Mm -hmm. so my dad came down this weekend and helped me make that vision a reality and then we just beer outside into my backyard oh that sounds nice I want to build a catio have you heard of those a cat patio for the kidders because they love being outside. I'll have so to send much. you. My friend Tiffany in New York City built one for like all the stray cats in the neighborhood. And they Crazy. painted a disco ball on the front with like a black cat head on it. And they call it the <laughs> Panther Club. Oh my gosh. I want <laughs> ours to look not 
ridiculously big or anything like that, but just something where they can go out. The thing is, Arlo really loves the cement. Uh, you know, our front porch. Warm where the yeah, he like it. rolls around on it, and so part of me is like, do we need to have like a tiny slab of cement in there for? Him? No. I don't know. They probably don't need it. I just need to teach them how to walk with a leash. With a leash. Yeah. We spoil our fur babies so much. So like we said, every week we are going to read a review that one of our lovely listeners has left. This week, our review is titled A New Favorite. It says, I love listening to these two and their guests, constantly finding myself saying yes, as everything is so relatable as both a recent bride and a wedding photographer. It's the perfect podcast for editing, driving, or just hanging out at home. Cannot wait to listen to more. That's so nice. It's so nice. Thank you. I don't read these enough. I need to. They're a good little confidence boost. <laughs> Always okay, need well, we're gonna pick me up. Oh, real quick though. What? On our way back to Denver, um, on mon- last Monday, we stopped at the Great Sand Dunes. That oh national my park. gosh. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it looks cool. I've it's been like, seeing it more on social media mm-hmm. recently. Like, yeah, I don't know why. It's like the influencers just found out about it. Yeah, it's like you can see it from a distance and you're like, this kind of looks lame. And then you get like right up next to it and you're like, holy crap, this is huge. And it's like really thick sand. So even just walking to the actual dunes, it's like I was heavy. like winded. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah, walking in that. sand in general is kind of hard. But this was like thick, thick sand. You know, you see those people who run on I the know. beach. I'm like, how? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Nope. nope. I was kind of bummed though because we were kind of behind schedule. So we only got like a half an hour there. Oh. But I just, yeah, definitely would recommend. I definitely want to go back. Um. Yeah. Take some pictures there. I did take a couple. Good. Good, good. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Hear a word from our sponsor and we will be back with our lovely guest. Sounds good. Head Table Talk is sponsored by MC Brow and Lash Studio, a Des Moines-based studio. MC Brow and Lash provides services like keratin lash lift and tint, brow design, lash extensions, and more. And if you're like me and you're low maintenance and want to roll out of bed and look like a normal human, I highly recommend Morgan is incredible. We've both gone to Morgan for her services and we're both obsessed. I've done the lash extensions as well as the keratin lash lift and I've basically sold my soul to eyelash extensions. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yes. So if you are interested in getting your brows or lash, just mention Head Table Talk when booking to receive $10 off your first appointment. And you can find MC Brow and Lash Studio on Instagram at MC Brow Lash Studio. On this week's podcast, we welcome Kimberly Halverson to the head table. Kimberly is a super talented photographer based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but travels a lot. She captures the love and laughter of each couple with beauty and grace and creates absolutely stunning photos. When she isn't behind the camera, you can find her listening to a podcast, public radio, or creating a delicious charcuterie board in her adorable 70s loft. 
During the slower season for weddings, she travels the world and the United States in her newly renovated van and captures the world's beauty. Please welcome to the head table, Kimberly Halverson of Studio KH. That oh was my goodness. Perfect. You said you're not a writer. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm that- a big fan girl of Kimberly, so it was kind of easy. <laughs> That was so exciting to just be like listening. Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you. I'm so psyched to be chatting with you ladies today. Yes. We are uh. psyched to have you. Mer uh, for the listeners, Meredith knows Kimberly, but I am just meeting her. I did creep on your website and I saw your old MySpace photos. Oh my gosh. Which is incredible. I love that. So your website has kind of like a timeline of like your photography and life and like you show photos from those times and it's just fantastic. I love it. It's been a glow up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of the things that I look back when I was doing in like 2004, 2005, it's just like I mean, I think there's a healthy amount of embarrassment of like, why did I think like bright green tights were like a super great fashion choice? But oh, yeah, I used to wear a lot of high top sneakers with dresses and, you know, thought that I was too cool for dressing like everybody else. I feel like everybody went through that awkward transitional stage and now kids don't go through that anymore because they, I know. they learn how to contour at like... 11 years old right they come out and they're just like already like youtube stars with right. makeup i had a unibrow until i was 20 i know i mean <laughs> if i had to choose though i would pick our way a bit more because then you i mean for sure you got to have some humility in your life right yes and yes growth and yeah i mean the one thing though that does stand out to me in old photos now is I remember my mom always telling me like why don't you smile more in your pictures (laughs) it's funny because now that I'm 33 I look at pictures and I'm like why didn't I smile it was it was just like you could tell I was binging America's Next Top Model and it was just like like only smile with your eyes yeah smiles (laughs) love it it's cute yes Well, like I said, kind of gave that intro, but tell us yourself, how did you get started in the wedding industry and wedding photography and kind of where you're at today with your business? Sure. Um, I, I feel like being a photographer was always going to be the end point, but I never set out to do weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, I... So after I graduated high school, I actually enrolled in college to do my childhood dream of fashion design. But then three days before classes started, I realized like, I don't want to sew. I don't want (laughs) to sew. Like I want to create the imagery rather than toil. I mean, it just wasn't so. um, Switched courses, graduated um, with a photography degree but still didn't think that weddings were going to be my place. And it's also, since I have a fine arts degree, I feel like I had professors that really looked down on wedding photography and were very vocal about that and just didn't see the value. And so I feel like that trickled a little mm-hmm. into my psyche where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be a wedding photographer. 
but then I shot my first wedding and I was like, like, well, I wasn't immediately like, this is great. This is my path, but it kind of like, once I opened that door and I saw how you can make it art and it can be like high art and fine art. And everybody who was like looking down on wedding photography is being like, oh yeah, people just do that when they can't make it otherwise. It was like, I mean, it did take some time to like rewire your brain. Yes. But now I look at it. Change your mindset about it. Yes. I think that it can be like the most artistic thing because there's so much heart and soul that is just on the table for you to create and play with. And I, I just think it is such a valuable thing. So, um, once I kind of wrap my brain around that and realize that the fashion photography I thought I wanted to do was actually like, I didn't feel anything. It's, yeah. It takes the skill you need to photograph a pretty person in a pretty scenario who is like used to being pretty. It just <laughs> didn't, I mean, and I'm not, I don't want to say it's not difficult to do fashion no. photography, yeah. but to me, I just love when you are able to have an experience and you're, you're able to like, and again, I'm not saying that weddings are like not pretty people in pretty scenarios, but right. it's just so much more rewarding. They're not professionals at getting their photo taken. And sometimes I'll have a couple where you can tell the girl has done modeling or something in the past and she can pose without having to be told how to pose. And it's nice because for me, I get like a little bit of a break that day, (laughs) not having to tell people what to do. But then if I had to do that all the time and I never got to use my creativity or my skill set to bring that out in people that aren't professional models like I feel like there's so much joy in capturing people who think that they're like I hear it all the time I'm so awkward I'm so Mm -hmm. you know bad in front of the camera and then once they see their photos and they're like that is our relationship like you captured us and that type of thing is a lot more rewarding to me than capturing somebody who knows exactly what to do you know what I'm saying yeah I agree 100% it's like that that's where the magic is I think Mm -hmm. and that is one of the things you're able to give people is that confidence and showing people that the way you see yourself is not the way other people see you and I feel like one of the greatest skills you can cultivate as a portrait photographer is finding the best in people mm-hmm. and showing them that and and just, yeah that's yeah it's magic it's so fun to be able because I mean you know everyone always nitpicks themselves like oh like when I look in the mirror I see this but then when you can take a picture of someone and like you said show them how like their partner sees them or how right. the rest of the world sees them it can be Truly, truly magical. Just a difference between, uh, you know, you're getting your photo taken smile 
and you're actually happy smile and I feel like if you can bring that out in people where they're not like at the beginning of a session you know they're trying to pose a little bit still and look perfect and pretty and then like getting a belly laugh or something like that is just I don't know it just makes the job so worth it yeah it is gold 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 it's Mm -hmm. actually it's actually really funny to me because I feel like when I started in weddings I didn't really care much about the smiling bride and groom portrait because Mm -hmm. I did have the fine art mentality of like I need everything to be like looking away and candid which I still love but I really was like oh it is so lame but it's kind of funny that just recently my mindset has switched where now if I can get a classic photo of the bride and groom smiling at me or groom and groom, bride and bride, the couple, if I can get them smiling at me with like natural laughing smiles, Yes. Those are the shots that I feel way more proud of because it's like, it's so hard to get a standard smiling at the camera shot with a real smile. Yeah. It's really difficult. I agree. And that is, I just feel like that's such an undervalued and underrated, like, yeah, tended to notice that the photos that people um, are printing, displaying, and maybe treasuring a bit more are the ones where it's like, here's us smiling, but here's us smiling naturally and not right. the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have like a couple photos of Josh and I printed around the house from our sessions. And there's only one where we're not laughing and it's like, we're four heads together. Like it's kind of super romantic and steamy. Um, But like all the other ones, it's like, you know, we're just laughing. We're walking and laughing. We're just laughing, you know? And if you look at your website and you look at your portfolio that you show, which is gorgeous, by the way, I Mm -hmm. love all of your work. It's just full of laughter. Every, like all of your images that they just evoke so much emotion and you do a fantastic job of being both a fine art photographer, but I also feel like you do such a good job of like the journalistic stuff, like during the reception. Um, One of the photos that we're going to post that you sent us of, I believe it's like during speeches of like the bride's genuine laugh is just oh I love it I die for it every time thank you thank you that is really oh this is this is a great (laughs) conversation I'm just feeling so good I feel like we've gotten off on a few tangents but I just love connecting about this stuff I'm a big tangent person and it's good that I have Meredith because she kind of keeps me on track (laughs) a little bit but I could go off on tangents all day so you're good sure So how long have you been in weddings? How many seasons do you have under your belt? 12. Oh Oh my goodness. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. How do you feel like your process on a wedding day has changed from when you started? Not just, you know, how you take pictures, but kind of the behind the scenes has changed from when you started to now. Great question. Um, I remember on my very first wedding, which I had no idea how good that wedding was when my very <laughs> first one, it was a backyard wedding, which now those are like, I die for backyard weddings, yeah. um, like great couple, really intimate. But I remember during their first look, 
Um, so my background was more in seniors at that time. I worked mm. for a studio all through college summers. And so I was used to seniors. So we're doing the first look. He turns around, they have their moment. And I was like, yeah, this is great, great. And I was just like being so vocal because I was used to having to be that cheerleader mm-hmm. where I think the ongoing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been such a learning process the last 12 years, knowing when to be a cheerleader, when to step back, really reading the room and figuring out what people need it's just such a delicate thing, which I also think is so undervalued to just know, like, are these people having a moment? But also, I mean, you don't want to get in there and make it your own production, but I feel like there's, there's, there, you just, it's such a finessing of like, yes, if a bride is putting on her dress and you just kind of nudge her, like, can you look over your shoulder a little bit? Like mm-hmm. just having that innate sense of when to pull back and when to get And it. with the first right. look, it's now more of the setup of he's going to be here. You can walk up, like preparing them prior as opposed to in the moment being like, now give her a kiss or now do this or do that. If you set it up, prior that they're in a beautiful location and they know what to do and just let them do their thing then you get the real emotion and it's like nobody else is there that type yes of thing. yeah that's that's the gold mm-hmm. yeah I kind of so I went to school for photojournalism so I was taught to not do anything like you are to be a fly on the wall like you can't change anything and so that was really hard for me to come into the wedding industry then and then having to completely manipulate a whole scene so Mm -hmm. but yeah you're absolutely right you know you have to learn when like you said when the couple's having a moment and to capture that and then when to be the cheerleader and say okay let's go over here and do some stuff in this light because it's gorgeous so yeah Yeah. I I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> no, this is good. And it, it is interesting because there are some photographers that aren't in the middle at all that feel really strongly like, I'm not going to tell you a single thing. That's not my place, which I don't know. I guess maybe some couples are attracted to that. And then there's some that are like, okay, this is what we're doing and are pretty rigid. But I really think that middle zone is just makes for the best experience, the best photos, the best client relationship. And that's where I always strive to be going between the two when it calls for it. Right. Yeah. And I, I do think it goes back to your client relationship in general of how comfortable the couple will be with you being there in that intimate moment without saying something. Because um, in the past, when I first started, it would be like, are we is this what you want? Like, should we be smiling here? Should we be doing that? And now I feel like I'm, you know, with the, the third wheel as a lot of photographers like to say, but I'm with them all day. I'm, I'm the one the bride talks to probably the majority of the day anyway. So it's not awkward that I'm in that setting. Um, so I do think if people are struggling with how do How do I feel comfortable in those moments that are so intimate? I think it's building the relationship on the back end that kind of gets you to that place. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so important when you're shopping around for photographers to make sure that you number one, get along with your photographer and you feel like that there's someone that you can hang out with because you do spend a lot of your wedding day hanging out with them. I have two cousins getting married this summer and they asked me, they were like, well, do you want to like, just be a guest or do you want to like photograph it? I was like, I want to photograph it because I'll be more a part of your day if I'm photographing it. Right. Just being a guest. Like, I I always feel like a little bit of a guest anyway. Yeah. At every wedding I go to. I mean, once you have dinner and you're I normally will have like one or two drinks with the couple because they always are like, I'm paying you. You're having this <laughs> glass of champagne. And I'm like, twist my arm. I'll, ha- <laughs> I'll have it. Um, but I feel like I've had friends that are always like, well, I want you to have fun too. I'm like, and I'm I like, will have fun. I will. And I said, I can put the camera away at, you know, our designated time and get out on the dance floor. I'm not afraid of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So much fun. So tell us about your favorite part of the wedding day. You're with the couple. So you get there from beginning to end. What is the part that like makes your heart sore, gets you most excited that you just look forward to every wedding day? I, hmm. I think it's usually the first look but the ceremony can also be that thing. I, I think about a wedding I shot when I was quite sick, <laughs> which mm. sucked. And I was chugging Pedialyte in the closet, <laughs> like at any opportunity I could, but I f- like, I felt terrible, but in that anticipation before the ceremony, like five minutes before we started, like, I just felt completely healthy because I was just so focused on like, this is happening. This, like, I feel the energy and you're just in that sense of like, oh, adrenaline Mm. and excitement. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I mean, it kind of varies couple to couple. I mean, personally, I love speeches. Me too. Um, I love cocktail hour. And I think I really gravitate towards those two things because people don't look at me like there's no you have a little bit of latitude to like move here move there and feel like you're getting really genuine things that you aren't having to prompt at all like I know we talked about how I might tell the bride to turn her face towards a window during getting ready but it's like speeches are going I am like I am Mm -hmm. not there so you can be even more immersed in what's happening and I am that's how I kind of let their guard down a little bit more yeah about the whole reception in general I always say to Joe not like taking the photos isn't a hard job anyway but it's the easy part of the day because you you're not in charge of anybody anymore they're having fun they're more relaxed and you can just kind of step back and you don't have to talk to you know the mother (laughs) of the bride or you know aunt sharon or whoever if you don't have if you don't want to you can just sit and capture those real real emotions i agree with you completely yeah Yeah. those are 
definitely fun. And speeches are fun too, because I feel like you get to learn more about the couple. Mm-hmm. And I always love, depending on, you know, what time of the year and what the schedule looks like. I love always talking about speeches with the couple during golden hour and mm-hmm. like getting more like background of a story that like the best man might have told. I always love using that as like talking points with them. That's a really good idea. That is a good idea. I'm like, oh, your dad said, down. like, your dad said that, like, you loved this purple bike and you always rode it. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So do you have any wedding day rituals? Like, I, I, I'm known to love Dr. Pepper. I just, I love soda. So I have soda in the morning, super healthy, that type of thing. Like, is there anything that you do to prepare in the mornings? Oi, not really. I am I am such a huge ball of nerves before any mm-hmm. really still after 12 years. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. I just it's never lost on me how important this is mm-hmm. and how like if I'm giving 100% versus me giving 90%, that is going to be a difference like in the end product of what these people have forever. So I'm, I psych myself up, up and out. I guess I don't know which one is correct, but no, you're good. Um, I really should have a ritual because you'd think that would quell things a bit, but I do not. Um, I try not to eat meat the day before mm, because really? I've gotten I've gotten sick off of a salmon and I've gotten sick mm. off of <laughs> I ate a plate of prosciutto for dinner the night before one wedding. <laughs> and my type of meal yeah (laughs) it didn't it didn't feel great the next morning no well I mean it does I feel like a lot of the risk of like food poisoning is Mm. gone if you're not eating meat that is that's really the motivation that I have for that and it sucks because the night before a wedding I always want to treat myself and to Mm -hmm. me sushi is like the ultimate treat meal and it's like (laughs) you can't have sushi you can't do it that's like I definitely can't eat sushi no I just don't want you can have it the day after yeah all the sushi buffet on your car ride home absolutely I just (laughs) I mean maybe I take things a little too seriously but I just I just think there's only like 20, 25 days in the entire year where you just have to try to be your prime for this one thing. I mean, I shoot 20, 25. Um, and so it's like, I can, I cannot eat my sushi the night before. Mm-hmm. Right. It's cool. That's a good mindset. Not Sometimes, worth the risk. No. Sometimes I feel like we can get lost in the work of it all. And sometimes I forget that because, you know, when you go to weddings every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, sometimes you forget how important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I saying? Yeah. You're, you're saying like you get stuck in like, I'm going to work. You know what I mean? But it, it needs to be like, I am going to serve these people. Yeah. On the most important day of their life. Yeah, it's hard because you do catch yourself in busy season when you're so like tired, not taking it as seriously as you do, you know, the first couple of the year. Exactly. So I did actually think I thought of a ritual. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) 
Okay. When I drive and it varies, I mean, sometimes you're driving like 10 minutes to a wedding and sometimes it's two hours, but on the drive, I try to um, feel out a mantra that I am going to stick with all day. Love it. So when it's like you're shooting weddings and your back hurts, you're just going to come back to this one phrase that will just prop you up and keep you going. And it's different for every wedding, but it's usually things like I am here for them or their happiness is more important or like most important or like keep them at the forefront or like just just phrases. So I'm trying That's to really, really smart. prep my that state of mind when I'm driving and it really does help when I because I mean there's usually a time in the day where I like I'll take one five minute bathroom break usually before the ceremony where I just I'm like I'm just sitting in the stall and I'm just like I just need five minutes in my own world off your feet yes yeah like I'm just trying to get in the zone and that's a good time where I'm like I'm here for them I'm here for them I am here for them and so pep talking myself to really carry myself and that has been that's been a really solid thing that's a good segue into my next question about your client relationships because it seems like you prioritize them obviously um but what does that look like from like start to finish I just trying to be as open as possible um one thing I think I started doing a year or two ago is um adding all of them on Instagram or following adding. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to avoid that actively because one photographer that was, um, that's pretty admired and established in the area. She had posted somewhere like I never will add clients because I don't want them to see me not working on their stuff. I don't want them to see this, which sometimes gets in my head. Right. But I think it just being as personable as possible right from the get go and just having um, like if you see Christmas photos from before the wedding and you're like, Oh, okay. So like, this is kind of their family. I like just understanding dynamic as intimately as possible, I think is always, always the strategy for me anyway, to just make it as comfortable as you possibly can. Right. And I feel like if you're as personable with them, if they see you, you know, not working on their thing and enjoying time with your family, if they know you well, like your client should, they're not going to be judging you for that. They know that you're a hard worker. That's why they hired you um, and that you're going to get your their work done. When, But they know you're a person that way. You're not just a business and you have a life too, you know? Yeah, I... I definitely struggle with that exact thing, like knowing that clients get that I'm a person, but a lot of times I do feel, but I'm working on it. I do feel that like, okay, it's business, it's business, it's business, show the business. Right. I want to talk about how you do such a great job of showing up on your Instagram every week by doing your KH weeklies. Can you tell us about those? Yes. Um, So the KH weeklies, I have always been a really big journaler and I started doing self-portraits when I was 16 or 17, like 
with a pretty astonishing regularity. Um, so I, every Sunday I'll post, I'm actually late. I need to do that right after <laughs> this um, from last Sunday. Um, I will take a self-portrait in the week that ideally is trying to propel um, my skills and my thoughts forward because you can't always do ideas with clients because you have a certain right precedent set of like you're booking me for what you see here and I'm going to really give you that and so sometimes you just want to you know experiment I've done a lot of work with light in the last um year um seamless papers doing my studio um anyway so I take a self-portrait and then I write a little diary entry really committing to this is the good of the week. This is the bad of the week. Mm -hmm. um, and then I post it every Sunday. And honestly, sometimes I hate the project. <laughs> if I'm being truly honest, like it'll be Sunday at 8 p.m. I'm like, oh, I have to throw something together. I'm having a bad day. But that's part of the heart of the project is just honoring like not everything's going to be good. And as a recovering perfectionist, that can be really hard to be like, I don't like my hair. I don't like, I don't like what I'm wearing, but it's just like, I'm committing to just putting it out there and understanding that it's, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. It's the such a cool process. That is such a good idea. It's such a cool concept. And I love following along with it and your self-portraits. You are like the queen of self-portraits because you do some amazing things. And I love when you show like the behind the scenes of it too. Like, this is how I set it up. This is the end product. And it's just, it's really cool. I love the whole concept of the idea because you can look back on it and you know, 20 years and see these little things that you did in the week that you would never have remembered if you wouldn't have written it down, you know? Yeah. Like even just, so I've been doing this for four years Four, like, ugh. that's a long time. It's a very long time. And every year I think like, I'm going to, I'm going to be done. But then I'm like, well, it's, it's been so interesting. Cause I'll go back one year, two year, three year, four year, and look at what I was doing. And it's so striking how similar things are like invariably there's going to be a time in the spring where I talk about how I'm loving lilacs and I went for a walk and I did this and it just is it's been a really good it's just good and I'm just like watching how my hair changes from like bleach blonde to a pixie and here it's growing and and I love it when you use like the same dress in different spots too that's always interesting to like yeah. see Oh, you're just, obviously I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> I thank you. I know I might need to take a page from that book and do something similar on my page. Cause I don't show my, my face enough on my page and it's probably a good confident. I mean, it's probably a struggle uh, in confidence sometimes to take pictures of yourself when you're not feeling beautiful. Um, but then once you see the final results week after week, it has to be a little bit of a confidence boost, you know? I think so, but I'm also very aware that I don't want to get my confidence from the reaction right. to it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm so. just saying like from seeing how you created that, you know? Oh. Yeah. Like seeing yeah. the execution of an idea. Yeah. Yeah that is very rewarding. And 
it just every week I think that when I just try to uh, um, weeks when I just totally half-ass it and I'm just like <laughs> oh, I'll just put this on I don't like it but when I'm actually mm-hmm. investing in quality over quantity I'm like yeah this is so fun and I love it and yeah that is yeah that's huge so then we talked about a little bit in the intro that during the slower season of weddings and engagements and all that you travel a lot a lot a lot a lot it's very inspiring to me what are some of and this last year during like quarantine and stuff you and Eric right Eric right yeah yeah you bought a like kind of a big van and renovated it and then you just got home from a big trip around the U.S. with that tell us about that portion of your life sure um I I love being a wedding photographer in Minnesota because it's, there's just always the winter where not very many people are choosing to get married, but Mm -hmm. I would also turn down a lot of work and just try to um, prioritize the travel. What are some of like your favorite places that you've traveled? Oh goodness. I, I guess I'll preface it by saying that everyone's experience is so different and places I like might just be that we happen to have a week of good weather. Um, but New Zealand for sure is number one. Um, we actually were there five years ago and we bought a van there and we were traveling around for half a year and it was like the best, the dirtiest, like just the most raw part of my life and the best by far experience. Um, so I, I will always be so connected to that place. Um, I love Norway. I love, oh goodness. This is, you know, this is a big can of worms. I know, you've been everywhere. I see behind you, you have, I believe, a hot air balloon picture. Oh, yes, I do. That is in Turkey in Cappadocia. So cool. Ah, that was beautiful. And I love seeing how you incorporate your travel into your weeklies too. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's very inspiring to me because I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Do. So I did an internship in New York City as I was graduating college. And I was really debating, like, do I want to live in a place like New York City or the Midwest? Like, like the New York City has so much culture and there's so much that goes on there. And then like in my mind, the Midwest was just kind of like a boring kind of, you know, fallback place. And then like I found your Instagram, I was like, you can live in the Midwest and have these amazing experiences in the Midwest. But home is just a place where you rest your head. You can still travel anywhere. And especially in the Midwest, when you do have a slower season, take yeah. advantage of that time Hell yes, and travel. Absolutely. I, I've really been thinking a lot about just home and the concept of that and how you don't, I mean, so New York City, like, yeah, culture, there's a lot going on, but I think that I would rather have the opportunity to choose to be in that at certain times 
where I really want my baseline to be about rest. I want time with my family. I want, I just want a lot of the things that are only in the Midwest for me. Mm -hmm. And that's, I also think though, it's a natural, maybe if you grow up in the Midwest or maybe if you grow up anywhere to just see home when you're maybe in like your early twenties is like, Oh, I can't wait to leave. Can't wait to go. But Mm -hmm. I think it's probably natural as you get older to be like, you know what? Like my family is never going to be in New York city. And what do I really want the core of my life to be about? And there are like, there are awesome places in the Midwest. I love the North shore. Yeah. Yeah, There's gorgeous places in the Midwest. Like you said, the North shore, I really want to get up to the apostle islands eventually. So yeah, absolutely. So kind of to pivot back to weddings before we wrap up here, just kind of real quick, tell us about some of your favorite wedding trends that are happening right now and your least favorite wedding trends that are happening. Okay. Or have happened. My favorite wedding trends. um, I love custom neon signs. That Mm -hmm. is in the forefront. Um, I just shot a wedding last two weekends ago. They had a custom neon sign. Also, that groom had um, a dark red suit. I love a colored suit on a groom. And that wedding also had um, the wedding party was all in black. The ladies had black velvet dresses. Gorgeous. Yeah, I. Allie, you had a neon sign at your wedding, didn't you? We were going to. I have a neon sign that I had gotten off of Etsy. I honestly wish I would have. Um, invested a little bit more in it because it wasn't the quality that I wanted. So we ended up getting like a vinyl sign that said meet the Popkins. Um, but I do love the neon signs. Yeah. I, it's such I, a cool thing for guests to take pictures in front of for your photo. I don't know. It's definitely a certain type of vibe that you're Plus giving you can keep tonight. It. Yeah. <laughs> you can still Absolutely. Use it. Yeah. Just things that are are really personal and just fun because the neon sign to me just represents like we don't take ourselves too seriously here's a neon sign and Mm -hmm. just and like cake toppers how they're um, being laser cut now to have like the couple's name I love it I think it's great all about infusing more personality into weddings yeah Um, any trends you're not liking um, I think I think anything that's big, I just don't really love. I don't, I don't love huge wedding parties. I don't love huge flowers to where it's just covering up your whole dress. And it's just like, they get so heavy. Uh, They really Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Um, I photographed a wedding once where literally it was one of the like flower holders and then it's kind of cascading more and it literally like broke and fell forward because it was so heavy yeah yeah that's a nightmare you don't want your your wedding day to be a huge arm workout that's the good thing about um the pandemic though is it's it's scaled things down so much where things feel more intimate and more personal because if you're choosing to get married during the pandemic I mean back in the day back in the day back in the summer or spring when people were doing very small intimate weddings it was very personal because they're choosing marriage over what they had planned 
And I think those days were the best days to capture. Absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. perfectly stated. It's just distilling everything about a wedding, which I mean, I love the aesthetics of weddings and I like who doesn't love a beautiful floral arch that is just like, "Mm." but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think exactly what you said, Allie, that having things that are just really focused on like people wanting to get married right and I'm I'm biased because we got married in our living room (laughs) um (laughs) but we also did have the big wedding so I got the best of both worlds and honestly when I look back both days were perfect like our big wedding was perfect but when I think about like emotion that I felt it's the living room wedding you know what I mean yeah Uh, a year next week crazy And has your experience being a bride really altered your experience? Being yes. Yes. Especially with people having to reschedule things and just being more flexible and empathetic, empathetic towards it because I had to do that. It was, and I know how the panic of being a bride during Corona and the anxiety that you feel because you want to have the day that you've always thought about but you want everybody to be safe. So it was a lot of like, I can't control what they choose to do. If they want to come, they're adults and they can come. You know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. not my responsibility if I don't, it was, it was a lot. Cause I'm a type two Enneagram. If you follow that at all, I'm the helper. I want to please everybody. And I did not want anybody to get sick it was just, it was a constant struggle in my well, brain. I think, I think you kind of understand how much thought process goes into the decision right. to postpone right. a yeah. wedding, you know, and how sure. heavy that feels on you. So Yeah. And for us, it was like, well, I don't want to wait any, I'm fine with waiting for a wedding, but I don't want to wait to marry you. Like we've been waiting for too long already. So <laughs> See, that's like, I wish every couple was exactly like that. And I mean, a lot of them are, but right. just, and I mean, that has to put you in a really unique position with your couples. That's like, I've been there. I know that. So you have the ability to really be this like even more personal comforting right. like resource for your clients. So yeah. I try. And so it. listeners, if you are feeling, if you're a Corona bride out there, we actually did a podcast episode where we interviewed Allie and Joe, and they talked all about the decision to postpone a wedding and what mm-hmm. it was like to have two weddings. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go listen to that episode. So at the end of every episode, we do a toast to something in the last week that has helped us out, you know, made us happy, made us laugh, made us cry, anything like that. So Allie, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first this week? We go first because I have two, but I can't remember my second one right now. I'm going to toast to Papa Tom, my dad. Ooh, I'm going to toast to him for coming and making my bathtub shelf a reality. He's the best. He's, He's such a good handyman. I just, I always enjoy like hanging out with my dad and building things, you know, working on cars. We just drink Bloody Marys, eat pretzels, listen to, you know, classic rock and build things. And then at the end of the day, you know, we made my grandma's fried chicken and mashed potatoes. And it was just that sounds incredible. a very, like my cup was very full after that day. So I'm toasting to Papa Tom for giving me that, that opportunity. 
Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't remember my second one, but I'm going to toast to my new carpet cleaner back <laughs> Bissell thing. It's like a vacuum, but it also, it, it's a carpet. Like, I don't know. We used to have let the cats be up in our bedroom a lot and we had a litter box up there and it just Ugh, the I'm just trying to decat my house <laughs> while they still live here. <laughs> so I'm like constantly cleaning things and I don't want my biggest thing, anybody that knows me, when people come over, I'm like, does it smell like cats? Smell like cats. Uh, because I it's my <laughs> biggest fear. I love them so much, but I don't want them to smell and I don't want to become like nose blind to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that it's nice out, can open up the windows. We can deep clean this house and I'm just trying to like declutter and have it look. Have amazing. you seen, sorry to go off on another tangent no, you're good. Here, but I read the farmer's almanac this weekend mm. and Old they lady. were talking about, you know, this new kitty litter that like changes colors based kitty on litter. your cat's we have health it. or whatever. <laughs> we have it, but... <sighs> It turns blue if you have some sort of something in your ur- in their <laughs> urine, and but it also turns blue if they oversaturate that area, and so I'm like, well, uh, Arlo pees are in you the same sick spot. Or... Every- yeah, I know. So I'm switching back over. All their litter boxes are downstairs now. We're gonna get this house up to snuff. Pun intended. <laughs> yes. When we were house hunting, we saw a house and an old lady literally had her litter box underneath her clothes in her closet. Yeah. So, See, it's hard. At least you and, don't have that. No. And I feel like an old lady being so excited about a carpet cleaner, but I don't care. It's I'm so excited about it. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> 20 minutes later, here we are. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Kimberly, are you toasting to anything? Oh, I could toast to all kinds of things. Um, goodness, I will go off the thread of warehouse hunting right now. Ooh. And yeah, I found an amazing house online. We toured it. I put in an offer yesterday. We did not get it. The market's tight. Oh my goodness. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it was a real bummer. Um, but I wrote a letter to submit with our offer, which I felt so cheesy doing. Like, I mean, they, they recommend you do that to strengthen offer and build a connection. And I was like, okay. So I wrote this letter and wow. Like, so we didn't get the house fine, but like the process of being so vulnerable and like really typing it out. Like I was crying, writing this letter. Oh, and right. We were both crying. Like, re- like, it was like the things really- that this house could do for our family. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was just really powerful to have to vocalize like your, your desire and like, I want this and being able to like, like, cause I, I travel quite a bit. And so the idea of being really rooted, like, owning a house is kind of a big deal but just to be like this is what I want unapologetically it was mm-hmm. ah, that was that's really a good thing. so inspiring good for you if someone you'll f- be a letter when they like want to buy our house I would be like have it please <laughs> you deserve it for free <laughs> yeah um you'll get you'll get the one that you're meant to get my cousin and her fiance have submitted so many offers they live in Milwaukee on houses and they keep getting 
like somebody else gets it. And it's so frustrating because you fall in love with a place and you truly start to envision your life there. And then to like have that taken away, it's almost like a breakup. But there's a reason you didn't get that one. Yeah. Like I, I had already been photoshopping my furniture into it, photoshopping paint colors. So that's I'm like, what happens when you're a photographer. And yeah. you see the I know. And I was telling myself, like, don't do it. But I'm like, it's so easy. Just try it. I'm like, don't do it. But it's yeah. like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well. well, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been such like, uh, I feel Meredith's fangirling. Where can people find you online? Well, Instagram is my main home at Studio KH. I mean, I have a Facebook. It's also Studio KH, but that's not really my favorite place to show up. So yeah, the IG, that's my place. The IG. Followed. Ooh, cool. So thank you all for listening. We will be back next week. Go rate, review, and subscribe. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, we love to read those reviews um, on we read a new review every episode so it takes literally 30 seconds it's free it's a super easy way do it for all your favorite podcasts to support them it's just a great way to hear what you're thinking so yeah we'll be back next week all right bye love you <laughs>